What's going on, youth workers? Paul Turner here from the DiscipleProject.net and your host of the Youth Ministry Motion Podcast, the podcast that wants to keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. How are you today? Uh, I have to be honest, I'm a little burnt up. And by burnt up, I don't mean I'm mad. I mean, I'm burnt up. The sun just got to me. It was like the first really warm, warm day and uh, spent it uh, working with students. We had a youth work day at the church, had several youth come out. We painted the youth room. Uh, We uh, put up some outdoor activities, put up the volleyball net, uh, put together a fire pit, and uh, and actually made a very inexpensive gaga pit. There'll be videos coming up for that as well. So if you're interested in that and you are not a subscriber to my YouTube channel, I'll put a link down in the show notes. I usually post once or twice a week, so I, don't, I try not to fill up your, your email box with uh, notifications, all that kind of things. But if you want to know when I go live and all that, then be sure to click the notifications bell. All right, so today uh, we're going to be talking about following up with spiritual commitments that are made at camp. And why do we talk about this now? Because, uh, you know, it'd be too late if I if I put this in the middle of summer. Uh, right now is when you want to have uh, the systems set up to do follow-up because you know you're going to have somebody commit. I mean, if you have one student commit, uh, their heart to Christ, or uh, you have several recommitments that you need to have a strategy uh, involved with following up with students. Before we get into the nitty gritty of all that, I want to uh, let you know that this episode is brought to you by my monthly mentor, and that is my monthly coaching program. The next uh, coaching uh, session is going to be May 17th. It is always going to be on the third Tuesday of the month. If you are not involved in that, let me tell you what, I had my first session a few weeks ago, and I had a great session. Session. Great session. Uh, you know what? Uh, let me be completely honest with you. Uh, I only had one person in there, but that one person had all of my attention. And we talked and we laughed and we prayed and it was phenomenal. And so if you are interested in that type of relationship, if you're interested in joining in and being a part of uh, where you are just sharing your heart and there's some back and forth, we cover the same six questions every week and we break it down we chop it up and so if you are looking for a mentor in the youth ministry space let me encourage you to go ahead and be a part of my monthly mentor if you sign up for multiple months your first month is going to be free that's right your first month is going to be free so you do your two three months and your first month's gonna be free you kick the tires you check it out see if this is for you and then we go from there but i don't think you're going to be disappointed because if you're listening to this podcast Uh, that tells me something. It tells me that you enjoy the content I bring you. Uh, But think about it then in the the context of just having this normal conversation of back and forth of saying, hey, what's going on in your youth ministry and what challenges are you facing and what can we be working on and all those kind of things. And that's really the essence. That is the, uh, what I love about youth ministry is just working together with youth pastors to help them build a successful youth ministry. So if that is something you are interested in, there'll be a link down in the show notes, and I hope that you will join me on May 17th for my monthly mentor. All right, then let's go ahead and talk about follow-up. And I want to give you five strategies for following up with the commitments that students will be making during your camp this summer. And I am super passionate about that. I've always been passionate about camp and about follow-up and about discipleship. I mean, you hear me talk about that a lot. And if, if a kid is it compelled 
to go to an altar and commit his or her life to Christ, then I must also be inwardly compelled to follow up after them to help them in their journey. If they're willing to walk to the front of a, of a building, raise their hand, pray a prayer, then listen, it is part of my roles and my responsibilities, I believe, as a youth pastor to walk that journey with them. And I believe it's yours as well. Now, we all know that it is the parents. The parents have the key responsibility of raising godly children. They are the chief disciple makers. But they also have these multiple hats they wear. All parents do. Moms, dads, you know, they're going to be the den mother or the band booster or the taxi driver. And, and life is just going on. And, and listen, parenting is a tough enough job. But when you're talking to parents, parents don't understand the way we understand in the sense of formal discipleship, right? Whether that's the sense of, of kids being students of the word, uh, you know, teaching them how to study their Bible. You know, that's a lot of that doesn't come with the package, right? They, they're living their lives. They're, they are living the example of Christ, right? Or should be living the example of Christ. But the formality of it, of the, hey, how do you break down the word? Or how do you read this? A lot of that falls to us as youth pastors a lot of times because, well, that's our role. That's our responsibility. And rather than make parents feel guilty that they you know, can't get it all done, which by the way, they already, they already feel that way. They can't get it all done. We should lend them a hand, right? Because we're adept at it. We're, we're trained to do it, or we have a passion for it and we help parents, you know, facilitate that conversation. And I have a great article uh, about the seven, you know, questions that parents should ask post-camp. I'll put a link down in the show notes for that as well. These are questions that, you know, I try to equip parents to ask so that I don't, you know, I mean, I still ask them, but uh, I'm trying to equip parents to do that. And then listen, even though we only see a kid for two hours a week, max, if they come to church, then listen, we still have some tools a parent does not have. We know how to take a kid from point A to point B as far as spiritual steps, breaking down spiritual steps. Once again, and that is not saying that parents can't do that or don't do that. I'm just saying that that they don't think, parents, unless they're a youth pastor, don't necessarily think in those terms the way we do as far as the spiritual steps go. They're living the life. They're, they're the primary examples of what it means to live for Jesus. It's not me. It's not their teacher. It should be their parents. But a lot of times, you know, kids are looking at other examples. You know, I think of, I think of the movie National Treasure. It's, it's finding one clue, right? We only have a piece of the map, right? That can lead to the treasure of spiritual growth. And these, all these other pieces have to come together uh, for that kid to be able to grow and be able to mature in the faith. And the piece we offer as youth pastors is that kind of formal, you know, step-by-step approach to things. So I want to give you five methods that you can use as a youth worker to help with that post-camp commitment uh, that a student has made to help them spiritually grow. And the first one is use videos. Use videos. I've preached a lot of times at, at camp and a lot of times I will go ahead and do a follow-up video and, uh, you know, I'll do a, a video. In fact, I'll put a link down there, 10 ways to stay fired up after youth camp. And I did that specifically for a specific camp, but, and it's old and it's, it's not very well produced or any of those things, but it was on my heart to do it. And uh, a kid later on said to me, he told me, he says, look, after he says, he's never had a strategy after camp. His comment to me saying that was it just further deepened my commitment to help kids in the growth 
process. Now, if my poorly made video that I made probably 10 years ago can have the impact that it did with the technology and the things you can do now, certainly you can make some videos and you make them now. You're saying, look, I'm preparing for camp. These are the, this is the camp I go to. This is the speakers going to be there. These are the post camp steps that I think kids should uh, should put into their lives and you have an opportunity to make those now. And so that when they come back from camp, you then release the videos over time. And, you know, with students watching more videos than ever, why not make 10, 30 second videos on growing in their faith. You could make seven 15 second videos that are made in different locations in your church, like the baptismal, the Sunday school room, the youth room, and the sanctuary emphasizing different elements of their spiritual growth. So take the time now, make those videos and you can text them to them. You can, they can binge watch them. You can put them somewhere where they can download them, however you choose to do it, but have something where they're hearing from you as the youth pastor saying, look, I've prepared for this. I've prepared for your commitment. And I want to share these videos with you to help you work through the process of growing in your faith. The second method I would talk about is, it's just, I just want to call it written digital audio. We've talked about video, but in taking, you know, the, the, the concept of the follow-up strategy and putting it in multiple formats like video, right? I put that first because kids are watching a lot of video, but the written digital audio portion, you know, whether you choose to give a kid a book and say, look, here is the written material. Here's, look, I want to give you a follow-up book. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but I am discovering, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, as many of you have, that kids aren't going to read a book. They're, they're just not, I mean, look, not, not all of them, right? There's exceptions to the rule. There's kids who love to journal or love to read or do those things. But, and you should have a portion of that available to them for those that do want to do that and make, you're making everything, uh, you know, con you're making content for students that they can uh, absorb in their manner, whether they're video watchers or they're, you know, written learners or they're audio learners. You can take the material and say, look, I'm going to put it in the written form, whether you purchase something or write it yourself. And I can't encourage you enough, write your own material, write, you know, your kids better than anybody else. Why not write material that's going to help them and make it short, make it sweet and, and say, look, I'm going to put it out there and you just do half a page a day or what, however that format looks to them, help them discover it in the way, you know, you can help your kids discover it. You know, these kinds of resources are for kids who do like to read or write or journal or those things. And they like to see some sort of physical path. There are those, I think, you know, as an older youth worker, uh, you know, we grew up with, you know, journals and books that it was like in a five part series, you know, uh, back in the day, you know, kids aren't going to do that today, but we have to offer them something and we have to make it simple. Uh, you know, once again, not, not diluting the message, but making it easier for them to consume. So completing these kinds of tools can give kids a confidence boost, whether they've watched the video or they've, you know, gone through the little journal pages you've done. And listen, if you say, look, Paul, I'm not a writer. I can't do that stuff. Well, listen, I'm going to put some links down in the show notes to resources I have. I love to do soap studies. 
Uh, you know, I've done 21 days through the Gospel of John or Start Again. And you can make these resources available. Once again, you can figure out if it needs to be in the written form or you need to do some sort of audio version or you, whatever it is. Figure out a new format for your students to be able to consume it and then, you know, gauge the, the growth around that. It's hard. I get it. Uh, you know, I'm always trying to figure out new ways every summer to do it. Now, let's go to the third one. Third is face-to-face, and that is where you simply schedule a lunch or a dinner or a breakfast with these kids one-on-one or in groups of two or three and take them to a meal. Get their friend group together and say, hey, I want to talk to you guys about your commitment. I want to, and once again, I understand that's that's like the heavy lifting, but that's what we're called to do. We're called to the heavy lifting, and whether those students show up or not is not the point necessarily. We want them to show up and give them every opportunity and give them every incentive and say, we're going to buy you breakfast, but we still have to be on the offensive. We have to be able to say, look, I, I want to meet with you. I, and for those that want to do this discipleship, they can figure out how to do this, this, you know, life with Jesus. I want to be available to help you do that. So let's get together and let's talk about it. And someday down the road, 10 years from now, they'll thank you for those moments. They'll thank you for doing that. But for now, you got to do the heavy lifting and, uh, like I said, you're, you're being proactive. And I think that's what they need to see in a youth pastor. They need to see you being proactive and say, look, I care enough about your faith. I'm not going to let you just, you know, wallow by yourself and, you know, drift off. I'm, I'm here and I want to help at the level you want me to help. I, I just need your permission to be involved in that process if you want me. If you want to go watch YouTube videos on it, you want to just read the Bible for yourself, knock yourself out. But I'm going to put myself in a position where you can call upon me and I'll create the opportunities and avenues for you to participate in your spiritual growth. And if I can help you, then I want to help you. And that's part of the the heavy lifting process. All right, let's go ahead and jump on to number four then. Number four is assign a mentor or accountability partner. I know as a youth pastor, you will feel the need to take that role. And I'm going to encourage you maybe not to take that role. Once again, parents are the key role. They're it. They're the deal. The more you equip a parent to to help their, you know, disciple their own child, the better off it is for the family. It just is. And But if you say, look, there's a student in our church, maybe they don't have uh, godly parents or anything like that. I have a young lady, you know, in my youth group where uh, I, I cannot you know, for her, she's a young lady and I'm not going to mentor her in that fashion. But I just asked a lady in our church, I said, look, you don't have to do anything other than outside of church. But if you will simply connect with her and simply say, hey, can, you know, how are you doing? Just have a little check in and say, hey, how are you doing? You know, I heard that you made a commitment, you know, to Christ and, and so forth. Uh, you know, whatever that is, set that relationship up. You know, don't make it weird where the woman just kind of comes up out of nowhere and surprises her. Say, hey, is it OK if there's anybody and ask the student, is there, is there a, a, you know, a young woman or a woman in the church you really trust that you would like to maybe check in with you uh, on your spiritual development? And let them offer you two or three, you know, uh, choices and then say, okay, hey, we'll go with this and see who's available to help you do that. And once again, it doesn't involve, you know, special meetings or going to dinner or taking any extra time. It's simply when they're at church, they're checking in with that student and saying, how is your commitment to Christ going? What can I pray for you about? And that's super simple. And number five is text kids daily, weekly scriptures. Once again, we're getting back to written word. We're getting back to uh, you know, a format that students understand, you know, uh, ask students who have made commitments to sign up to be in a group text or be on an app like GroupMe or whatever the whatever the tools you use. It's an opt in. It's saying, look, those of you who made commitments to Christ, I would love for you to be in a group chat because here's what I want to do. I want to be able to send you scriptures 
uh, and a short encouragement, uh, something like that. The, uh, listen, the amount of information consumed is not equal to the depth of spiritual growth. I want to say that again. The amount of information consumed is not equal to the depth of spiritual growth. You can say something simply and to the point and students will get it. You don't have to dump a ton of info on them. A short text communicates that you care and that you are praying for them. And that may be all they need to take their next step in Christ. Now, there's one other little bonus idea I want to give you is this. It's a 30 days after camp reunion. Just put it on the calendar that you know when you're going to camp, you know when the last day of camp is, that 30 days after that, you're saying, look, we're going to have a camp reunion just with the students who are, uh, you know, have been to camp. And maybe you just, listen, you're going to take them out to eat, or you're going to have a barbecue at your house. Uh, you're going to do a little short devotion. You know, let them share where they're at spiritually. They won't. Once again, it's opt-in. It's not, you don't have to come. It's just something you can do. You know, let them reflect on camp. Let them reflect on, you know, break down the worship or the speaker, uh, the kinds of commitments they make, you know, if they're comfortable with that. You can even ask the camp speaker to make a special video just for that session. Say, hey, camp speaker, can you just uh, make a quick video of encouragement to our students 30 days after and, and just bring some good commitment to them or zoom them in and do it. If they have time, zoom them in live and let the kids ask them questions about the messages or things that they've done. I bet, I bet camp speakers would love to do that. So if you do, but if you do it in a traditional sense, if you do it, say, look, we're going to do a service. You can do the same thing. Set it up by, you know, playing a game or two that you played at camp, sing a few worship songs that you did at camp and then share a message, share a message about you know, what it means to, to follow Jesus 30 days later. And listen, if you're interested, I do have a teaching on that. It's called 30 Days After Camp, and it's just a simple message. I'll be happy to. You can have it. Uh, all you have to do is sign up for my newsletter. I'll put a link down in the description. You can get the 30 Days After Camp message. It has a few video ideas and a few articles and things like that that may help. Uh, but if that is of interest to you, go ahead and grab that for yourself. Uh, that's it, guys. I just wanted to share with you that, that follow-up is super important for camp. I hope that you have a strategy for that now and, you know, it's going to play out for you. It's going to help you. If you're getting that ready now, you're saying to your kids, listen, I believe that God is going to move in your life this summer in such a way that I'm going to need to prepare that you're going to need some steps going forward. And those steps for some of you are going to be a video. And for some of you, it's going to be audio. And some of it's going to be uh, a, a book. And some of you, it's going to be a journal. But I'm going to help resource that. I'm going to help give it stuff to your parents to help. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to cover all the bases the best I know how. It doesn't have to be perfect, youth pastors. Listen to me. You don't have to be this massive content machine. Pick one or two things that you know that you can do really well and do that. That's really all uh, this is about. So I hope this has been beneficial to you. I hope that you've enjoyed the episode. And if you're brand new here and you've just listened to your first episode of the podcast, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button uh, and say, look, I want this uh, on a week on a weekly basis because that's when I do the show every week and you'll get uh, a show in your inbox every week. And uh, youth pastors, listen, if you're uh, don't be hard on yourself. I say it every week because I believe it every week. Don't be hard on yourself. Don't, you know, you may, if nobody's telling you that you're doing a good job, let me tell you, you're doing a good job. You're doing the best job you know how to do. And you're going to do camp this year. And you know what? You're going to do camp better than you've ever done it. And you're going to follow up with kids even better than you've ever done it. And yes, there'll be drama. And yes, there'll be parents. And yes, there'll be pastors. And yes, all those things are going to be a part of the deal. But that doesn't mean you're not a good youth worker. 
That means you're you're doing your job. And that means you are a good youth worker because you're staying in the battle and you're doing the best you know how to do. So that is it for today, guys. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today, and I'll catch you guys in the next episode. <laughs>